This is the Bates Bobcast, a weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're talking about an exciting week of men's and women's basketball. We also talk to our Bobcats of the week and check out what some Bates programs are up to during their off-seasons. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. In these winter months as we approach the holiday season, Bates basketball is taking center stage on campus. On Tuesday, the women's basketball program knocked off Maine Augusta by a score of 67-49. to The game featured 21 second-half points from first-year Madeline Foote. Just in the first half, we realized that we could just drive on them a lot. So when I went out there the second half, like we all just knew that we could drive to the basket and um, force the ball like down the in the paint instead of shooting the three. We're really coming together as a team, especially from the beginning of the year. So um, we've made so much progression. Like we've already won two games when we were like down by a lot in the beginning. So I just think that we're really coming together, and like in the future, we'll even get better. After the conclusion of the women's game, the men's basketball team battled Husson in a physical contest won by the Bobcats 86-67. Senior captain Mike Bornazian led the way with a game-high 26 points as he got to the free throw line over and over again. We just got up and pressured the ball better. We played better defense, and I think that allowed us to be more aggressive on offense. And I think those types of things allowed me to just attack the basket and get into the lane and you know, make plays. On Thursday, the women's hoops team took on St. Joseph's but fell 61-54. to However, the game featured yet another strong performance from junior Ali Coppola, who scored a team-high 13 points and pulled down nine boards. Her rebounding continues to be key to Bates' success. I mean, I just kind of play my best when I'm angry, and rebounding is definitely one of the most fun things for me on the court. It's kind of an, oppor- it's kind of an opportunity in basketball to be physical and just kind of bump people around. The men got some red-hot shooting from senior captain Josh Britton and junior Jerome Darling on Thursday in an 89-63 win over St. Joseph's. Darling's patented step-back move to free himself up for shots is drawing rave reviews from head coach John Furbush. What's well, the thing? If anyone else takes that shot, they're coming out of the game. But Jerome, Jerome, legitimately, that he does, he does that in practice. He does that in his individual workouts. It's a high percentage shot for him, and um, so I was not surprised that he took it and made it. Uh, and, and I don't see guys get that much separation on that step back the way he does, and he still gets his weight towards the basket. So it's uh, something he's certainly been working on that's efficient for us. And it gets the crowd hyped up a little bit too, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Anytime a three goes in, you, you feel like it's a 10-point shot. Britain's banner night included a career-high 16 points as he connected on five of eight threes. I know you've dealt with injuries throughout your career. What does it mean to you to have such a big role on this team this being your senior season? Oh, it just make, makes you appreciate every second you're out on the floor. I mean, take the first three years, I mean, you just watch you guys, the guys play so well sometimes. You just want to get back out there and help and do anything you can to make a difference. And it just feels so good when you finally can, especially senior year as a senior captain. Unfortunately, the men's team could not complete an undefeated week as they fell at Colby in an overtime thriller on Saturday by a score of 78-74. to The non-conference game does not impact the NESCAC standings. The other Bates program in action this week was the men's and women's swimming and diving programs, and they swept Trinity in a dual meet on Saturday with the women winning 187-47 to and the men winning 155-91. to 
First year, Alex Bedard set a new pool record in the 50-yard breaststroke as he finished in 26.79 seconds. Senior and four-time All-American Lindsey Progovis set the pool record in the 100 IM, and she also won the 200-yard freestyle. For her dominant performance in the pool, Progovis is our female Bobcat of the week. Well, first of all, obviously you've had a great last couple of weeks. You are the NESCAC Women's Swimmer of the Week a few weeks ago, and then this past week you set a pool record there. Uh, what was that race like for you this past weekend? Um, it was a really exciting race. The 100 IM is a race that we don't normally swim in every meet. It only comes about in our sprint meets. Um, and we don't swim it at NESCACs, and it's not a nationals event. So it's a really exciting event that we get to do probably twice a year. Um, and uh, I swim the 200 IM a lot, and so it's really nice to swim the 100 IM. It cuts it down. Um, <laughs> so it's not as painful as the 200 IM. And so it was a really fun atmosphere right before. The other girls in it, Hope Logan, Sarah Deher, and Madeline Moberg, um, we all just had great energy right before it because it's such a fun short event and so um, I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. And the women's swimming team had a Bates winner in every single event. I mean, <laughs> is that typically what you guys do in NESCAC? <laughs> no, actually this is a new thing for this year and at the main invite state meet that we went to two weekends ago, um, a Bates woman also won every single event and that's just so incredible for our team to do this early in the season. Um, in my four years here, I don't think that has happened yet. So it's really exciting, especially to have two meets in a row where we've won every single event. It just shows that the, the type of talent and speed we have on the team right now. I mentioned obviously you're a senior now. Uh, take us back though, your first year you had, an, you had an injury and it was pretty serious, but you were able to come back. Describe that process to people, what, what happened and everything. Yeah, so I injured my upper back. Um, I had torn some muscles back there and I had to take a year off of swimming. Um, and at first the doctors told me that I might not be able to swim again, so that as of incoming freshman is a little scary to hear. <laughs> um, and so I took a lot of time off. I had to go to physical therapy um, and just slowly rework myself back into swimming and luckily um, the exercises I did and the time I took off really paid off and I was able to slowly um, up my yardage in the pool and slowly uh, reincorporate weightlifting and the big thing is making sure the weightlifting is done correctly. The exercises are done correctly so you don't re-hurt yourself. Um, and so it's been kind of a crazy process getting back into it. I came in my sophomore year not knowing what I was going to do for times, if I was going to go fast, if I was going to go slow, if my back was going to be able to hold up for the entire year. So I just feel very blessed and thankful that I've been able to have four years here swimming. Yeah, take us back to maybe your first competition coming off the injury. What do you remember? <laughs> I remember being so scared. <laughs> I was so nervous. It had been a year since I had swam, and I, I just remember the night before not being able to sleep because I was just so nervous not knowing what was going to happen, but I told myself I just needed to relax and breathe and have fun because when I'm relaxed and have fun, that's when I swim my fastest. And then you studied abroad in Italy, correct? Yeah, and so um, that took away a little bit from last season, just in terms of competition. So that was another challenge you faced, so describe what that was like. Yeah, um, so studying abroad was something that I knew I wanted to do before coming to college. I'm an art history major at Bates, and uh, um, so studying abroad was really important for me culturally and for educational experience. 
Yeah, it was um, very difficult coming back right in the middle of the season, and but I was very prepared for that. I knew it was going to be hard. Um, I did try and uh, stay in shape while I was abroad by swimming a few days a week, going to the gym a few days a week, and just walking everywhere. So I wasn't necessarily out of shape when I came back, but I was not in as great a shape as <laughs> the rest of the team. So the first couple of weeks actually really kicked my butt in the water getting back into shape and it was a little nerve-wracking knowing I only had five weeks of a season before our national or NESCAC championship um, came up so so I mean it was a incredible experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything but it was definitely a very difficult road. <laughs> yeah so first year you couldn't swim, second year you're coming off the injury, junior year you're coming off starting abroad. This is the first year where you really had kind of a normal getting into the season type mode so what's that been like for you? It's been really exciting, honestly, and it's something me and my coach and some of my teammates have joked about a lot, like, oh, what can you do if you have a full season ahead of you? Um, so it's it's been really great. I was able to prepare a lot this summer. I worked at the Bates College swim camp um, and got to swim a little bit there. Then I really focused on, on lifting and swimming throughout the summer and really um, buckling down on it this fall during preseason. And it's been really cool to see where I am right now was where I was at the end of my season last year and it's only been the first semester so it's really exciting to see that all the work I've done so far has put me in a really great spot now and exciting to see where it's going to take me in the future. And then as a team I mean you've got so many All-Americans including yourself coming back from last year's team which was the best team in probably in Bates women's swimming history and so you're, you're, the team as a whole must be really excited about this potential for you know high placement in NESCACs and nationals. Yeah, definitely, and not even just with potential, um, with attitude as well. On the deck, you can really tell we have been a team with really great dynamic already in the first semester, and um, everyone has such high energy and is very excited and relaxed on the pool deck, and so I think that plays a really key role into our fast swimming. As one of the seniors, what do you tell some of the younger, you know, first year sophomores about what it means to be a, a bait swimmer? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, one thing I would want to tell them is to relax and trust the training. There are days where it can get really hard, where you're up at 5.30 in the morning and it's dark out and you're going to the pool, and then you're going back at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when it's dark out again, and um, sometimes that can get very monotonous, and uh, um, I just wanted to let them know that it's all going to pay off if you just trust what you're doing, the coaches know what they're doing, and your teammates will always be there to back you up, so even on those hard days. I talked with Sarah about, you know, Coach Casares uh, saying, you know, embrace the pain and everything. That's kind of the motto, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> he does say that sometimes. <laughs> what does that mean to you? <laughs> oh, it just means uh, keep working hard because some, there are days in the pool where it hurts a lot and you're not swimming very fast and you just have to embrace it and know that your body's working hard and doing what it needs to do so that when we get into our final stages, you'll be rested and ready to go. So you guys don't have another meet till after the new year, um, but then, so tell the people out there what's next though for you coming up in January. So actually before January and part of January, we go on a training trip. Um, so after Christmas, we will fly out for about um, 
11 days we'll be in Florida and we'll be training twice a day there and we'll be training in a 50 meter pool which is very different from what we train here at Bates which is 25 yards so it's about double the distance um, and we we really focus on getting training under our belt and, and bonding as a team. All right, Lowell, looking forward to it. Looking forward to another great year. Obviously, second place in NESCACs last year, a high place in Nationals. Looking forward to seeing what the women's swimming team can do. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Our male Bobcat of the Week is junior point guard Jerome Darling. His sharp shooting over the past week included making 8 of 15 three-pointers overall. His best performance came on Thursday when Darling poured in a career-high 17 points to lead the Bobcats to victory. Jerome Darling, our male Bobcat of the Week. First of all, obviously now as a junior here at Bates, you're, this year you're getting a lot more playing time than you did in the past. What did you learn kind of the last two years that prepared you for this bigger role this season, you think? Well, I've just been staying patient, just learning from the guys that were playing ahead of me on the last two years. Um, like I said, just really just staying patient and just, you know, learning as much as I can, just being a sponge, trying to pick those guys' brains and, you know, just try to add things to my game that can help the team. You guys had a great point guard last year. What did you learn from him? Graham, just more of a mental approach to the game. Um, he thought the game really, really well. He would see things before they happened. He'd have a plan. Um, and just understanding just the ins and outs of our offenses, what guys are going to be open when, and just, you know what I mean, just having a plan before you do what you're actually going to do. And take us back to when you were looking at colleges, um, and you're from Connecticut, so what made you decide to come from there up to here? All right, well, I went to um, Classical Magnet School in Hartford, Connecticut, um, and my math teacher actually went to Bates. So actually, it's a funny story. I was just getting some math help, just struggling in the math class, and um, I was getting math help from my teacher, and he um, actually saw the little Bates uh, flag in his room. And once I saw that, I was just talking to him about Bates, just asking him about it, and he offered to write me a re um, letter of recommendation to Bates, and that's just kind of how it started. Did Coach Furbush recruit you at all, or did he just kind of play once you got here? I just kind of played once I got here. We, like, I spoke to him in the past, but um, it was more of a if I if I got accepted, um, take it from there. And um, once once I came and he just saw my work ethic and I just tried to work really hard and I guess he saw that and he he, he like he thought I could bring something to the team. Someone of a walk-on type player, basically yeah. coming here. So what do you remember about your first day at practice? First day of practice, just intensity. Everybody was just trying to show what they could um, bring to the program. Everybody was running every sprint hard, doing every drill 110%, and I was just trying to do the same and just, um, you know, stand out. And so I assume you did play in high school, though? Yes, I did. Yeah, and so um, what was the biggest adjustment going from high school to college, you thought? Just the, the pace of the game. The game is a lot faster here, and every single thing just makes that much more of a difference. If you're not closing out, um, that's that's everyone here can shoot you know what I mean in high school maybe you could make a mistake and guys weren't as talented so they may they may not make a shot or you know see a pass or something here like you have to be on your P's and Q's if if you don't close out it's gonna be three points and you, you can lose a game. As a guard how fun is it to play with guys like the Del Pesh twins and Bornazian who you can just lob it up and they can go get it? Yeah it's great in high school I really didn't have that and now it's like like typically I'm the smallest guy on the court, so when I'm playing with those guys, like I feel like they're like almost protecting me. So it's like it's just awesome. Like just having those guys know they have my back, I have theirs, it's, it's just great. And then Coach Furbush, what have you learned from him over the years? Coach Furbush has just taught me like a lot of patience, you know what I mean? Just like the last two years I wasn't really playing. It's easy to get frustrated, but with him, it's just like, you know, he's always like, you know, just kind of taught me just you know what I mean, stay stay patient and don't don't lose focus. You know, just because you're not playing, your time will come and 
I feel like, you know what I mean, now I'm starting to get, get, get a good amount of playing time, and I'm trying to just take advantage of that. Obviously, you're our male Bobcat of the week. That 17-point effort there last week against St. Joseph's. What was really working for you that game? On that game, um, guys were just hitting me. The bigs were running the floor really well, um, so that drew a lot of attention. And then guys were hitting me, and we were just running our offense, and everything was just clicking on all cylinders, and we were able to make some shots. And then now going forward, what are some goals for you and for the team, you know, moving into these kind of awkward time period where no one else is in school but you guys are still playing? All right. I mean, we're still playing. Other schools aren't. Um, we're just going to try to do what we can moving forward to just win. Um, as far as personal goals, I don't really have any. Whether I'm playing two minutes a game, 30 minutes a game, it doesn't really matter. Whatever I can do to help the team out, um, just try to play my role, and that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. And then obviously Sean's the other main point guard. What's your guys' relationship like? Oh, me and Sean, we're fine. I mean, some people, like, think, like, there's, like, some type of animosity between us, like, oh, either Jerome's going to play or Sean's going to play. But we're, like, fine. We talk to each other, like, things he's seen, he'll tell me. I'll tell him stuff that I'm seeing on the court. And we're just trying to help each other. We just, like, play off each other and just win. In terms of your game itself, uh, I asked you about that step back move before. But uh, tell us a little bit more about that and when did you first develop it? Um, just growing up, I would just watch like a lot of just like basketball. Like I'd watch N one or like Allen Iverson was my favorite player growing up. So I'd like always like crossovers and just like hearing the crowd go like ooh and ah. So like I would always dribble a lot. Um, that actually was a problem because I would dribble too too much. So that was like coming into college, like, I had to like you know lessen my dribbling. Um, but just like the moves like that just come, they just stem from like an earlier time when I used to play. So. All right, Jerome. Congrats again on Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. This week on the Bates Bobcast, we take a look at what a couple of Bates sports are up to this offseason. The men's soccer team held their annual awards banquet, and senior goalkeeper Sam Polito was named the team's MVP by his peers. I really didn't know until the night of our awards dinner um, that I was going to be receiving the, the award, and it was certainly exciting. You know, it was, it was definitely um, good to see that, you know, our, you know Based on how our season went, I was able to contribute, um, and, and the guys, you know, thought the same. So I, I think it was definitely, um, definitely humbled by it. Um, it, it. It's come after a lot of years of hard work and 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 working through this program and coming from a place that, uh, you know, a lot of us saw as, as a darker time for the program, and we've really come a long way. So um, it's it's nice to see you know, the culmination of all of our efforts coming into the end of the year. If you speak to any of the guys this year who are seniors or, or who have been in the program for three years uh, or more, um, they'll say that this group in particular was the most, uh, the most fun to be with, the most fun to play with. Um, it was really easy to get excited to come out and practice and play games with these guys because the amount of work and dedication and, and just love for the game that these guys had was unlike years past. So it's, it's really been nice seeing the product that we've established now in comparison to years past because there's a lot more positivity. Uh, guys are, for the most part, on the same page, and that's essentially what you want uh, in any team, really, is you want guys to buy in. So uh, the fact that we were able to accomplish that this year, um, I think, speaks volumes to the work that's been put in in the past and kind of the progression that the program's made over the past couple of years. And frankly, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds, um, and this is certainly a point where I feel comfortable, uh, you know, leaving leaving the team uh, because I think, you know, we have all the ingredients now that we need to, to succeed. Coach Stuart Flaherty is ready for what the future holds for Bates soccer. We're not happy about missing the conference tournament, that's for sure. Uh, these things are things you like to achieve as a program, and it's been a little bit too long now, quite frankly, so that'll be a, 
that'll be a goal next season. We did manage to get a winning record, which was the first uh, first time the programme had had a winning record since 2008. And again, this is not something you're going to be throwing parties over. But these are things that need to happen. And it took too long to happen, but now it's done. We move on. We look to build. We look to improve. So we'll be looking to you know, have, have a have a winning record again. We'll be looking to make the NESCAC playoffs. Uh, we'll be looking to, you know, beat teams that you can sit here and say we hadn't beat them since whenever. But, um, you know, we've got, we got to come in on day one and start the work all over again and realise nothing we did last fall on the positive or negative end is going to matter. We just build the season from scratch all over again. We have an article up on athletics.baits.edu about some Bates pitchers who competed in a variety of summer collegiate baseball leagues this offseason. This week, we sat down with head coach Mike Leonard to discuss the importance of these opportunities as we get closer to another Bates baseball season. The, the first step is always communicating with the player about their long-term goals. So, you know, being a student at Bates College, our kids are involved in a ton of academic opportunities and looking to build themselves into you know, future career opportunities. So at times, there are internships and work opportunities that they want to take advantage of. Um, but we also have kids who are fully committed to being the best athlete they can be as well. So finding the athletes that want to play in a competitive summer league to continue to grow as a baseball player, grow as a person uh, along with that is something we needed to communicate with them ahead of time. The next step is they've got to perform. They've got to have a certain ability level for us to be able to communicate with some of these leagues that are you know, full of Division One, Division Two players. We don't want to send a player somewhere where they um, are not going to play, won't be able to compete, and won't represent um, themselves in the program well. So finding that balance of you know, the mindset of the player and where their, their interest is, um, finding leagues that suit their ability level, where they can contribute to that league and to that team, uh, and also grow as a player is kind of the first step. And there's so many summer leagues now. It used to be maybe just Cape Cod and, and Alaska and the Northwoods League, and now there's like maybe 25 to 50 leagues out there. So, I mean, I, do you focus mostly on leagues around New England typically? Uh, most of my connections are with leagues around New England, and no doubt about that. And I think some of the, the leagues that you, know, you just mentioned, the Cape, and then there's the New England Collegiate Baseball League, have a, a strong footing in kind of the summer baseball landscape of – producing you know really really talented players that have gone on to major league careers so I think those are the leagues that guys aspire to but they're also some of the hardest leagues to get guys into um, because of how challenging it is to place players in some of the you know top tier leagues a lot of other leagues have started up they're kind of a you know pay to play type of league and they've popped up in some some nice locations from Las Vegas to Myrtle Beach to Virginia Beach um, Southern California so it becomes kind of an opportunity where the players that have you know, the financial means to, to go out over the summer and, and, and find housing and play in a different location can get uh, a great baseball experience through that too. Um, and I think that the other thing going along with all this is there are some really, really uh, traditional leagues that are longstanding, you know, the, the Boston Parks League and the Inner City League and some of the, the New England Twilight Leagues um, have a great history of players who are in college, players who are out of college. and you know, we actually have some players that play in leagues against our alums, and, and it's a big spectrum of, of ability from guys who are, you know, right in the middle of their college career to guys who are, you know, working full-time and just get to throw on their, their spikes and pick up their glove a couple nights a week to, to keep playing the game of baseball that are obviously still talented. And we do have a couple guys from Bates play in the Cape Cod League this um, past summer, which is 
a, a great achievement because, I mean, you're a guy who is a professional baseball player in the Red Sox organization. You play in the Cape Cod Lake. It's a hard league. Maybe tell the fans how hard that lake can be. My experience up there <laughs> will uh, give our players something to uh, hopefully beat very easily. I went 0 for my first 30 uh, and really struggled at the plate. Um, you know, still had a great experience, still one of my best baseball memories, but in terms of a pure performance, it wasn't something that, that went really well for me. So I think all of my players that go up there, I, you know, certainly share that with them to take some of the pressure off them that, hey, look, you can't do worse than this. It's pretty hard to go uh, worse than 0 for 30. So go up there and just play and have fun with it. Um, but yeah, Rob DeFranco was up there this past summer, uh, a few years back, Ryan Sonberg had the chance to play in Chatham as well. And and John Schiffner, who has the, been the longtime coach and manager in, in Chatham, is, is a close friend and um, someone who has always given our players the opportunity to compete as a temp. And um, our guys have gone up there and had an awesome experience for the time allotted. And Rob actually bounced from Chatham to Falmouth and uh, you know played for another great longtime Cape Cod League coach who was also a really good friend in Jeff Trundy. Um, so I knew that both of them would be in good hands, um, was able to kind of you know, open those doors for them through connections, but they had to go up there and, you know, and perform and do, do their part too. Obviously, Bates is going to be loaded on the pitching side this upcoming season um, with all these guys getting the summer league experience, but the offensive players obviously are going to be pretty inexperienced. So what are you looking at, um, you know, once practice gets going there in the spring from some of the young guys who maybe didn't get the chance to play summer ball? Uh, I think what's always exciting about having – Seniors who graduate who are in really prominent roles, you know, we graduated four guys who were four-year starters, you know, last year. Um, so having those spots now open allows someone else to come in and compete. Um, so you get to see where their growth and development has been over the last couple of years and see how they embrace that opportunity. So I'm excited for some new guys to get opportunities to, to show what they can do and, uh, and leave their mark and potentially do better than guys have done ahead of them. Um, I also think just philosophically we're going to have to be kind of team-oriented with our offense. Last year we relied on Nate Pajka and Sam Barry to hit the long ball. The two of them combined for 15 home runs and drove in a ton of our runs, and, and we certainly don't have that in a returning player right now um, projecting to hit those type of home runs. So I think that if our players can really value scoring runs as a team and you know taking taking that responsibility on as a, as a unit of nine versus looking to one person to do it all. I am curious about summer leagues because obviously when the players are here, and especially pitchers, you're, they're being coached a certain way. You're working on certain things mechanically or, or whatnot with them. And then when they go to a summer league, it's an entirely different coaching staff. So how much communication do you have with these coaches about what they're being taught here at Bates versus what these coaches might want to try to teach them? Uh, I think that there's two goals for the summer league, and, and one of them is just the opportunity to compete against higher level talent. So there's not necessarily a coaching component to that, right? So the framework of the league, the t talent of the players playing in the league, our guys just being in that atmosphere, getting those innings, getting those at-bats, getting those reps will allow them to develop. On the coaching side, we, that's part of the reason that I try to pair our guys with coaches that I know and, and have a proven track record of creating an awesome summer experience for the players, but also providing them some coaching um, because it's certainly uh, a reality that there are coaches that send their best players somewhere and some pitching coach gets a hold of them who might not have to see things the same way that head coach does and guys get hurt and guys come back worse and it's not a positive experience. But 
Um, every program that our guys have, you know, gone to over the summer and every team that they've played for has had, you know, good coaches who are former teammates or friends or just, you know, a proven track record of, of doing a great job coaching. Last question for you. You know, Bates, obviously, we're up here in Maine, a little cold sometimes. Uh, you don't get to play a home game till you know, late into the season, really. You're on the road or at neutral sites or whatnot. What ch unique challenges does that present for you as a coach, you know, coaching baseball at a cold weather school? Uh, so I think the first thing we start the conversation with all of our players of it's an absolute right. So they they chose to go to go to school here, and the weather is is what it is, and it's um, you know it's not something that should be a shock to them. So we don't use it as an excuse. We want our guys to embrace the challenges that go with it, and understand that sometimes we're going to practice on turf, and sometimes we're going to be practicing in a field house, uh, and sometimes we're going to be traveling to play games. One of the things that we've done from uh, a logistical standpoint from our coaching staff is try to provide trips where our players can go play in warm locations. So we're going to California on our February break trip. We're gonna go to Florida in March. Uh, and we're gonna you know, raise the money and create an atmosphere where they can go play baseball in, in warm weather like they uh, all would prefer to. So that when we do come home, we've kind of gotten those reps in and are more battle tested. But um, always challenge our guys. And we're playing those cold weather games to look across the field and you know, endure the elements better than your opponent can. It's going to be the same temperature for the team you're playing against. They have the same uh, challenges. So, uh, you know, rise above that and do it better than them. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Looking forward to the baseball season already. You bet. Me too. This is finals week for Bates students, so no athletic events are scheduled until Monday, December 21, when the men's basketball team hosts Southern Vermont at 5.30 p.m. Due to the upcoming winter break, the Bobcast is going on hiatus until Tuesday, January 5th, when we will return to talk more hoops. Talk to you after the new year on the Bates Bobcast. <laughs>